I'm Sharon Batters, and you are listening to the Daily Treasure Podcast produced by Mark Inc. Ministries, and we are in a series called A Broken Hallelujah. And I have to tell you, as I have been reading these devotionals and then recording them for the podcast, they are taking me back to some pretty broken places in my own life. I wrote this series three years ago and hadn't really looked at it until I have been recording it. And I'm just so grateful for what God has given to me in the darkness, those broken places. And I know that if you're following Daily Treasure, if you've read my books, you know that there are certain themes that show up in everyone every time I speak in every book. And those themes are definitely showing up in a broken hallelujah. So I pray that even though you may have heard these truths a hundred and ten times as I have, that they will be new to you again because God's Word is living and He applies it specifically to our unique lives, to our unique circumstances. So if you're being encouraged by Daily Treasure, I hope you'll pass it along, let your friends know about it, and let us know about it. Your words keep us writing, me and our guest writers. Today's devotional is called Wrestling That Leads to a Broken Hallelujah, and today's treasure is Job 13, 15. Though he slay me, yet will I hope in him. Our son Mark's death stripped away all religious pretenses. I wanted, no, I needed to know that everything I had taught, everything I said I believed about the love and sovereignty of God for me, for each of his children, was true. That awful night of Mark's death, I wasn't sure. That night, instead of placing me in a cocoon of grace where I experienced deep grief but never questioned God's purposes or presence, God gave me the gift, yes, the gift of wrestling. And I hated it. I didn't want it. I wanted to be that amazing, bereaved mother who encouraged others with her deep faith and trust in the Lord. I wanted that glow that comes from Jesus living in my heart. Instead, my wounded heart struggled to reconcile God's love with His sovereignty. As we saw our son's lifeless body, my heart cried, Lord, I need to trust everything I have taught and believed is true. But right now, I'm not so sure. I won't pretend to trust you. So if anyone tells me they see Jesus in me, it will be him they see and not my attempts to pretend faith. I needed to know that Jesus flowed through me even while I struggled to trust God's sovereignty and love. This was the moment where only Jesus could redeem my broken heart. In time, I realized that my wrestling was God's gift to me, a gift he planned to give to his children who needed to know that he is not afraid of our questions or doubts. I rested in the truth that the whole time we are beating on his chest, he holds us tightly in his grip. My conclusion about the purpose of the gift of wrestling is rooted in my theology. We'll dig deeper into that in the next few weeks, but for now, let's unpack the idea of wrestling as a gift that enables and equips us to sing a broken hallelujah. About a month after Mark's death, I asked Chuck to get me a new Bible because I knew that God was taking me on a journey and I did not want to miss any life lessons or treasures along the way. I wanted a permanent record of my journey. I planned to mark up that Bible with dates and messages that recorded my wrestling journey with my God. A war raged in my heart, but I had no fear in running to my father with these conflicting emotions because my theology taught me that I was God's child, 
not because of my good works, but because of the sacrifice of Jesus. His sacrifice covered even my dark thoughts and what might seem like heretical questions to others. My God would not reject me, no matter what questions I asked or emotions I hurled at him. Perhaps I took liberties with my pounding on his chest because of the confidence that the harder I pounded or the louder I wailed, the tighter he held me. Years later in my journal, I wrote, I think about what I call the gift of wrestling and I am tempted to believe that was not God's plan for me at all. Perhaps I had a choice that night. Maybe God was ready to wrap me in a cocoon of grace where I experienced pain but never felt hurt or betrayed by my Heavenly Father. Maybe I wrestled because I refused God's grace. Because I am so broken and sinful, I can accept that might be what happened. But in my heart, I know that if I could have immediately rested in God, experienced the glow of grace, the amazing peace that others have felt in the darkness, I would have grabbed it. I wanted it. I begged God for it. So, I am convinced that was not the gift He prepared for me in the midst of grief. Instead, He gave me the gift of wrestling, and I am better for it. I recently asked a friend if she thought such wrestling was acceptable to God. A wounded woman herself, she said, First, there are numerous examples of God's people who wrestled with Him. Just read the Psalms for starters. Second, check which way you're facing when you are lamenting. Are you running toward God with hands open or away from God with hands clenched? Friends, that's an important question. It didn't take long to find that I was in good company. Throughout Scripture, a multitude of people wrestled with their theology in order to trust God. Let's take a quick look at the book of Job for a glimpse of how a man who trusted God but lost everything had responded to the devastation. You know the story. God not only gave the devil permission to test Job, he actually pointed out Job to Satan. One by one, Satan destroyed Job's treasures, including all of his children. Listen to Job's response in Job chapter 1, verses 21 through 22. Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. In all this, Job did not sin by charging God with wrongdoing. To his accusing friends who told him he must have sinned for God to punish him this way, Job declared, Though he slay me, yet will I hope in him. Job thirteen fifteen part A. Job sings a broken hallelujah, but he doesn't stop there. Job continued in Job 13:15b, I will surely defend my ways to his face. Job does just that throughout the book of Job, as one of the greatest spiritual wrestling matches begins. Job's suffering challenged his theology and the theology of his friends. They believed that if you were good and you served God, God would bless and prosper you. That's why Job's friends insisted he must have secret sin and that if he would just confess it, God would prosper him once more. Job's circumstances terrified his friends. If their core belief was wrong, that God owed them when they did their best, then no matter how hard they tried, they could lose everything too. Often that's why we wrestle with God when darkness falls, suffering tests our theology. We will struggle even more to sing praises and pray at midnight if our view of God is skewed. 
Read the book of Job to dig into the conversation God had with Job, but listen to his heart-breaking lament to God in Job 29, verses 1 through 5. How I long for the months gone by, for the days when God watched over me, when his lamp shone upon my head and by his light I walked through darkness. Oh, for the days when I was in my prime, when God's intimate friendship blessed my house, when the Almighty was still with me and my children were around me, when my path was drenched with cream and the rock poured out for me streams of olive oil. Wow. Job describes how he was honored, respected, and a servant, one who met the needs of the helpless, those who had no one else. In other words, I did what you wanted me to do, God, and I did it joyfully. And now that I plead for relief, no one seems to care, especially you. Oh God, he continues in Job 30, verses 16 through 27. And now my life ebbs away. Days of suffering grip me. Night pierces my bones. My gnawing pains never rest. In his great power, God becomes like clothing to me. He binds me like the neck of my garment. He throws me into the mud, and I am reduced to dust and ashes. I cry out to you, O God, but you do not answer. I stand up, but you merely look at me. You turn on me ruthlessly. With the might of your hand, you attack me. You snatch me up and drive me before the wind. Surely no one lays a hand on a broken man when he cries for help in his distress. Have I not wept for those in trouble? Has not my soul grieved for the poor? Yet when I hoped for good, evil came. When I looked for light, then came darkness. The turning in me never stops. Days of suffering confront me. Job's theology was skewed. Just as his friend's thinking was wrong, they all believed that if you were good, God owed you. But Job knew he was a righteous man, so something had to be wrong with their thinking. God used grief to change Job's theology. In the next chapters, God responds powerfully, and in no uncertain terms, he reveals his character to Job. I imagine Job bowing lower and lower as each word of God takes down Job's pride in his own performance. Job's response to God's strong words concludes with Job singing a broken hallelujah. Then Job answered the Lord as we read in Job 42 verses 1 through 6. I know that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. Who is this that hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore, I have uttered what I did not understand things too wonderful for me, which I did not know. Hear, and I will speak. I will question you, and you make it known to me. I had heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye sees you. Therefore, I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. In the margin of my Bible, dated March 7, 1995, about 20 months after the death of Mark, I wrote in response to Job's words, Pain opens our eyes to truth. Will I ever say what Job says? My answer today, over 25 years later, is a resounding yes. With Job, I declare as a broken hallelujah, I had heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye sees you. Friends, we cannot miss the driving force of Job's submission. The more intimate he became with God, the more he recognized God's grace and mercy covering him. He saw his sinful heart in a way that crumbled his pride. The more he saw of grace, the more he wanted, 
and he realized that grace streamed to him in spite of his sinful heart, as we read in Job 42.6. Therefore, I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. Have you experienced God's grace in a way that compels you to sing a broken hallelujah, a song that declares God's goodness and undeserved mercy in the middle of a dark night? Perhaps you are in that dark night because of your own sinful choices. Soak in the words of Micah, the prophet, and offer your sinful heart to Jesus, the shepherd who will not leave behind one of his lambs. Micah 7, verses 18 through 19. Who is a God like you, pardoning iniquity and passing over the transgression of the remnant of his heritage? He does not retain his anger forever because he delights in mercy. He will again have compassion on us and will subdue our iniquities. You will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. And, O Lord, thank you that you do not reject us when we struggle to reconcile your love with your sovereignty. Thank you that you hold us tightly in your grip, comforting us with your faithful love. Well, friends, we're coming up on the weekend, and I pray that you will continue to sing a broken hallelujah to our Lord, one that is thoroughly soaked in grace and gratitude for the gift of Jesus and for salvation, not just for our eternal home, but for today, for every day. There is grace for today, for every moment of today. And the scriptures tell us all about that grace. So dig deep into God's word as you walk on the pathway where he has placed you. I hope that you'll leave a comment. If you have been encouraged by Daily Treasure, you can go to helpandhopenow.org. That's helpandhopenow.org where you can leave a comment, and when you do, you'll be entered into a drawing. We'll pick three winners, and you will win a Daily Treasure water bottle, which I absolutely love. They're beautiful, and they really do the job. So make sure, go to helpandhopenow.org, where you can leave a comment. And you can also give safely to um, help us keep Daily Treasure as a free resource when you give your gift of any size, whether it's a dollar, a thousand dollars, ten thousand dollars, we're going to give a copy of Treasures in Darkness to a local funeral home that they can distribute at their discretion. Our goal this month is to give 30 copies of Treasures in Darkness to local funeral homes. We believe that this book can offer help and hope to those who are very broken and struggling with grief. You can be the one who gives that gift to a broken person. Give the gift of help and hope with your gift of any size. Go to helpandhopenow.org. That's helpandhopenow.org where you can safely give.